Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres-Rodriguez, and I'm here to help you be poderosa with your dinero. I'm an engineer, a blogger, and an entrepreneur that built a $50,000 side hustle, and I'm obsessed with all things personal finance. On this show, we're going to talk about how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and how to make it grow. Are you ready? Vámonos. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice. For all my English-speaking followers, in case you don't know what yo quiero dinero means, it means I want money. So that's what this whole podcast is about. We talk about money. We, we talk about ways that your mindset affects your money. And we are talking today to someone who I discovered on Instagram. She's known as Miss Be Helpful. She's a YouTuber and a financial educator, Dominicana from New York City. And she is serving personal finance realness, honey. Okay. I love what Janelli is doing because she approaches people in a way that is relatable, right? She looks like one of us. She sounds like one of us. Like you want to be her friend. You want her to give you advice. Like I love everything that she's doing. So I was really excited to talk to her. And we talk about a lot. We talk about what's going on with the coronavirus and the economy and the fact that people are freaking out. And she has some really sage advice for what we should be doing in this moment in time. And then we're also going to get to know her a little bit more, get her backstory, and talk about how you can implement some of the things that she did to pay down $20,000 of debt in 18 months. Yes, honey, you heard that right. We're going to talk about how you can implement some of the things that she's done to tackle her debt into your own life. So let's have this conversation with Yanelli. 
Janelle Espinal, also known as Miss Be Helpful, was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and is a first-generation college graduate. After two decades of school, she still can't believe that she's never had a class about making smart money decisions. Now she's on a mission to help everyone learn financial content in a fun and relatable way. Janelle pairs her love of being a teacher with her passion for personal finance and created a unique YouTube channel called Miss Be Helpful for people to engage with topics like credit, budgeting, saving, and investing. Her story of paying $20,000 of debt in 18 months has been featured in the BBC, Remezcla, Forbes, Market Watch, and El Diario New York. You can follow Janelle at Miss Be Helpful on all social media platforms and also at her website, MissBeHelpful.com. So Janelle, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you because when I found your Instagram and your YouTube channel, I really felt like I was having a discussion with a girlfriend. You know, it's like I felt like I was with my girls and we're talking about things that matter. And so I yes. thought the approach that you take. Thank to you. communicate with your audience. I love that. Thank you. That was actually like one of my big goals was to make it approachable and like relatable so that it feels like you're just talking to your girlfriends about yes. money. <laughs> you're it. absolutely succeeding in that Yay. approach. So um, just right off the bat, I want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on. You know, everybody's freaking out right now with coronavirus yes. and just like what that means from a financial standpoint. So like what advice are you giving people because obviously you're a trusted financial educator and people look to you for advice. So what advice are you giving people on like how to deal with this situation right now? Yeah, I mean, I think right now is definitely a time to kind of consider your particular situation when it comes to your job. A lot of people keep talking about investments and I've mentioned investments as well because I've gotten messages about it. But the reality is that that's skipping a couple of, of levels like to just be born and start walking instead of crawling first because you have to handle you know a couple of, of the basic levels before you start jumping to to investments and i think that's why it's so important to enter like for me the world of personal finance is all about taking these steps that you have to kind of take and to put put yourself in a situation that's going to be stable long term um so a lot of people when they you know, get out of debt, they start getting so excited to build wealth and they jump to investments, but they skip saving. And I think the savings account is a huge, huge piece of why a lot of people are freaking out right now because they don't have that, because they don't have uh, enough of a cushion to make them feel comfortable to sleep like a baby at night. And I think that for me, that has always been really important, right? Because I never had a lot of money. Like I grew up very low income. My parents are immigrants. We didn't have a lot, pretty much, you know, all throughout my childhood, we were on government assistance. My parents still are now. And it's, it was always a challenge to kind of have conversations about money. And I didn't want to be like that. When I finally got myself to a situation where I paid off my debt, the number one priority was to save enough money so that I felt like very, very comfortable. And for me, that was six months rent. A lot of people say that's three months rent, or that's one month rent, or that's a year's worth of rent. That just depends on your personal preferences. So if you're in a situation right now where you're kind of freaking out a little bit because you don't feel like you're, um, you're prepared for this, I just, my biggest tip is to like, take this and cement it into your mind and your heart and like in your stomach and remember it because this is the experience that you need to teach you the value of saving so that when another emergency, because inevitably things like this are going to happen, it's called the cycle of, of economics, right? There's good times and there's bad times. So the next time that there's a bad time, 
you will have something saved because you'll have remembered like, oh man, that was a really rough time and it was very stressful for me. So I'm going to make sure starting now, I always put a little bit aside. Um, and in the meantime, if you're not prepared right now, lean on your support system man. lean on your family, lean on your, your cousins, your, your sisters, your brothers, your parents, your, you know, your tias and tios. Like we need to be here for each other. That's what I love about my community, the Latino community. We are very much like, uh, we're all about community. So if you're not prepared right now, definitely lean on your support system, but make a note of it and start getting your stuff together when it comes to saving so that you, even if you were to lose your job in a tough time like this, you would be okay until we recovered. Absolutely. That is priceless advice. And I think like right now, like you said, the opportunity to take the lessons, it's right there in front of you. Mm -hmm. So just have a plan. Like that's, that's the best you can do, right? Because we can't right. control what's actually happening, but we can control how we respond and how we prepare. Exactly. Right. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about how you even got into this personal finance space. Like what was your introduction to the arena and like what was your experience with money growing up? Yeah. So, well, I guess I'll take it all the way back. So growing up... um, so for those of you who are not familiar with my, my, my um, Instagram and my YouTube, it's called Miss Be Helpful. And it's because I really wanted to be helpful. I wanted to like help people who were struggling the way that I was. So I grew up in Brooklyn, New York City. My parents immigrated to New York along with a lot of other Dominicans <laughs> back in the 80s um, and early late 70s, early 80s. And um, so, yeah, I was born in Brooklyn late 80s. I was raised in the 90s and the early 2000s growing up there. It was amazing. It was so fun and it was like a vibrant community. But the thing that we did not have a lot of was money. We had a lot of love. We had a lot of support. We had a lot of sass, but we just don't have a lot, by the way, of, of financial resources. And so by the time it was um, time for me to apply for college, that's when I first had to like really encounter this concept of like being low income and like, you know, living in poverty because my FAFSA, I had to fill out the FAFSA in order to get financial aid for college. And that's when I first saw my parents, um, my dad's income taxes. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like we're poor, poor, poor. Like, we're poor. <laughs> you know, in New York, we do this thing where we say the word twice when it's really bad. Like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm mad, man. Like, oh, for real, for real. You know, that's when it hit me. Like, I'm poor, poor. And so that year for me, it was scary, man. I was like, yo, we don't really have any money. So it's not like I need financial aid. Like I need a full financial package. Like I need them to pay for everything because we don't have any money. And, um, yeah, so it was a scary time. I, I, I kind of realized like, all right, my mom always says like, ponte las pilas, like you need to put your batteries in, like the energizer buddy mm -hmm. and, and go. And that's what I did. I started applying for every scholarship, every grant, everything I could get left and right. And because I knew like that was my only chance. Um, and so I got very, very lucky because um, I got accepted to Brown University and I also got a full scholarship. So it was the first time that I realized like, oh, wow, like this is happening for me. And um, I moved out of Brooklyn. I moved to Providence, Rhode Island. It was like beautiful college campus. And um, yeah, man, I, I just I thought everything was made for me. I thought I was going to be chilly and everything was going to be great. And very quickly, I realized like that was not the case because scholarship is going to cover tuition. It's going to cover room and board and it's going to give me basic meal plan. But when it comes to paying for my textbooks and getting a laptop and getting clothes and paying for um, the bus to go you know, off campus and all kinds of things like parties and whatever, you know, you're 21, you're, you're 19, you're, you're living your life and you want to pay for stuff like food and clothes and movie tickets. And you, you can't really do that without money. So I realized like, 
there was a bigger problem um, that I wasn't going to be able to afford a lot of other things. So, you know, I, I started working. I got a couple jobs, but even then, it, it just wasn't enough to live the lifestyle that I wanted to live, especially because I was trying so hard to keep up with, like, my peers, there, like everybody else at Brown, which, you know, if you're familiar with Brown, it's an Ivy League school, and that means there's a lot of children of wealthy people there. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was trying to keep up with rich people, basically, and I was poor. So um, <laughs> it was a struggle. Yeah. Like, I ended up getting too many credit cards. I was I was maxing them all out, and I had no self-control. I had nobody to really guide me to say, okay, here's where you kind of need to take a chill pill and start paying it off rather than continuing to use it or opening a new card. Like, there were, there were no rules that I was familiar with when it came to money, so I just kind of did everything wrong. And um, I ended up graduating with a small student loan for study abroad program, um, which was like $5,000. And then the other rest of it was like credit card debt, which was about another 15,000. So I had $20,000 of debt and um, I had no idea how I was gonna pay that off. (laughs) I was just Mm. a mess. Um, Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a very common story because you know, we're not learning these lessons in school. They're teaching us all types of shit Mm -hmm. like calculus and all this stuff Mm -hmm. that you're probably not going to use, but nobody's teaching you how to manage a budget. That's right. Nobody's teaching you how to invest. Nobody's teaching you how to just be a steward over your money. So like we're all in that same struggle. Exactly. It it became so frustrating to me because actually it's funny that you mentioned the school system and teaching because my first job when I graduated college was a teacher. I joined a program oh, wow. called Teach for America and I started teaching um, elementary school, actually right in Brooklyn where I grew up. And it was amazing. Like I love being back home teaching the kids and being able to inspire them and, and tell the parents from the, that I'm from the community. Like I'm from right here. You know what I mean? And to sh- be an inspiration, to show the kids I could be right in that chair where you're sitting and learn right here in these schools, go away, get my education, come back and teach. Like I'm not, you know, going off to move away and go like get a, a, a quote unquote better life. Like I'm coming back here to um, improve my own community. And I thought like that was really, really important to me and valuable for me. But very quickly, I realized like, all right, my money situation is just never going to be fixed if I keep on teaching because my salary was just not going to cut it. Like being in New York City with an elementary school teacher salary, if you're not married, you don't have a dual income or whatever, um, it's very hard. So I kind of realized very quickly, like, all right, teaching is not going to be it. Um, and so I, I stopped teaching. I moved into um, the, the uh like education, like after school education programming, because it was a very easy next job, but it was on the business side. So I was learning how to like run a tutoring business for math and science, uh, math and reading. And um, that was fun, but I didn't really have a lot of passion for that work. And at that time is when I started like getting out of debt, learning. I would go home and read, 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 watch videos, listen to podcasts, like watch TED Talks about money. Everything was about money and getting out of debt and building wealth. And so then that became my obsession. And I it took me 18 months and I was like, not playing. I took half of every check and it went straight to the credit cards. And I, I became debt free in 18 months. And that's when I decided like, you know, I could just have this information in my in my pretty little brain and keep it for myself. Or I could tell everybody like what I learned because nobody told me. So I'm sure there's other people like me, especially young girls that are not getting this. So that's when I decided to start the YouTube channel, Miss Be Helpful, where I was just giving all this helpful information that I learned and, and just talking about it in a regular way, like trying not to use difficult terminology and vocabulary that confuses people and makes them feel frustrated. And, you know, just trying to keep it simple and basic. So you basically leveraged your love of teaching in a way that also feeds your passion for personal finance, which I think is amazing. Exactly. I combined the two. That's right. 
That's great. So do you have like a light bulb moment that was, it was just like, I need to do something different because the way that I'm living right now is just not, it's not. (laughs) Oh yes. Oh my God. I was, so I came back home from work one day and I was still teaching at that time. And I remember, um, I got a credit card bill in the mail and I just, it, it, this was back when, you know, statements were printed and sent to your house in the mail, not PDF in the email <laughs> attachment, how they are now. But at that time I got the statement in the mail and I opened it and I was just looking at it. Like this bill doesn't make any damn sense because I literally <laughs> paid, I paid like $150 like the month before. And then I'm looking at it and the bill is the same exact amount that was due the month before. Mind you, I didn't really spend money on that credit card. So I'm like, this doesn't make sense. If you know some basic math, subtraction means that the answer should be less when you subtract. When I made a payment and it was subtracted from my amount due, why is this still the same amount due? Maybe they made a mistake. And so I start looking at it and I'm like examining it and I interest charges. The interest charges were so high that it was basically like if I, me making my payment didn't make a difference. Because I was just sending the yep. minimum payment. So it wasn't a lot of money. And I owed thousands of dollars. So that's when it hit me like, okay, there's some math going on here that I don't understand that I didn't get taught about. <laughs> like, I don't know how this interest charges works, but I need to figure it out because this is what's, you know, holding me back. And I was on the phone calling them. I asked them what's going on and they're like explaining it to me in a confusing way. So that's when it just hit me like, all right. this is only something that I can fix because I put myself in this situation. I need to get myself out of it. And if I don't do this right now, I'm making a choice to continue the cycle of poverty. And I cannot do that. Like I cannot live with myself being a, being like knowing that I was the one that chose to not learn and fix this instead to just continue the cycle and to just keep making minimum payments and the math not making any sense and me just dealing with that. So I knew I had to change something. I love that. And I love what you say about just making that conscious change to change the cycle of poverty, Mm -hmm. because I feel like so many people just get caught up in this whole mentality that it's like, well, this is just how it is. My parents live paycheck to paycheck. So that's just what I'm going to do. Yeah. And like, it's normal, but it's actually really not like, you should not be living in a, in a mindset that keeps you poor Mm -hmm. because that's a conscious decision. Mm -hmm. And it's also a conscious decision to make that change. So I love that that was your mentality. Yeah. And and that's such a hard thing, too, because I feel like it's the, the word that you use that I think is so important is mindset. And your brain is probably one of the hardest things in the world to change. Like, I honestly, I think it's easier to change your body. Like, you could work out every day and change your physical body if you want. You could change, like, your diet. You could change your, like, how, your living situation. You can change so many things. But your mind, it's like... It's like a computer, and since you were born, it's been programmed every day a little bit more and more to kind of to be the the to compute the way that it does and to function the way that it does. And so, for you to undo all those years of the way that your brain processes things, it's gonna take so much hard work and effort. And like you cannot like you cannot overlook how like it's you just you can't pretend it's an easy thing, right? Changing your brain and your mind and the way that you think is very, very hard. This is why, you know, there's so many um, extreme arguments in our country about like politics and about ethics and about morality and about, you know, environmentalism and things because people, they, their mind is just so, so hard to change and to, and to convince them otherwise than from what they believe is it's, it's nearly too impossible. So for me, I think the mindset is the biggest thing. And in order to change it, you sort of have to have like a, 
a, like a life mind changing experience. And, and I don't think that happens every day to everybody. So it's, you know, you have to make a, a big effort to change your brain in the way that it thinks about money, which I think is especially hard when you have been conditioned by an environment that is scarce in financial resources, like growing up in the hoods that a lot of Latino communities grow up, grow up in the, across America. Like we, we don't know a lot about money necessarily and we're taught negative things about money instead of positive so i think it's very hard to change your mind when you come from that environment absolutely and i think the thing that a lot of us have going for us that generations in the past did not is accessibility to different thoughts Mm -hmm. right to different ideas where like people are using social media like yourself to broadcast messages to audiences that they didn't have access to this information years All right. ago. You yep. know, you came from a family that was poor. Your grandfather was poor. Your great grandfather was poor. Like, who the hell are you going to ask for exactly. advice? Don't nobody know what they're doing. But I think, like, that's why we see this wave of, like, first generation millennial mm-hmm. Latinos that are, like, making conscious decisions to do something different because, A, we have the access to the information, mm-hmm. right? And that's, like, the most important thing because you don't know what you don't that's know. That's right. I love that. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to talk about your game plan for attacking your debt. Like what strategies did you use? Mm -hmm. What was your plan? Yeah. So um, I actually read a book called Women and Money. It was written by Susie Orman. And in that book, she has a nine month plan to help people kind of like get their situation under control with money. And um, some of it was, you know, a little bit too much for me. And some of it was like, you know, manageable. And so I started with just what was manageable. And I think this is like, so important for a lot of people out there because they find people like um Dave Ramsey or people like um you know um even Susie Orman and like Jean Chatkin like all these really big uh, uh, people's na- names in personal finance space and they think like oh I have to do everything that that person says and I have to follow them like they're my guru and I I don't think anybody should be like that like I think you can take pieces of what people say that you find to be valuable from them and you don't have to take anything from them. Like you can take the pieces that work for you. And so that's what I did. I took the pieces that worked from her plan and I put them into practice, which for me was uh, coming up with a budget to literally sit down and see where was my money going and where, how much was coming in, how much was going out. And then uh, cutting out anything that was unnecessary and literally living on like a bare bones budget. And every dollar that I wasn't using for food, transportation or housing um, and bills was going straight to the credit card companies. And I did that for and I used the um, avalanche method of, of paying off debt. So I did not snowball because when you put your debt in order of um, interest I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, 
wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Great. If you have really high interest rates, even if that's a small amount of on the loan that you have due, the interest rate is so high that it doesn't make sense to put it last just because the amount like or if the amount is really big and it, and it scares you, for example, you might put that last because you're like, OK, that's an amount that's too big. It's not going to make sense for me to start with that. But the reality is for me, it made sense to start with the, with the balances that had that it didn't matter what the balances were because I had to look at the interest rates. I had credit card debt. And credit cards, my credit cards were like 22, 24% versus, yeah, versus my student loan, which was $5,000. Yeah, that's a small amount in the, in the um, snowball method. It, it makes sense for me to start with just the $5,000 and pay that first. But the interest rate on that was 100%. So why in the world would I right. pay that off first when I have like four times the rate of growth on this other debt? And I saw how the finance charges on that statement were like killing me. So it just, to me, I, I was doing a little research and I was like, all right, yeah, this, this snowball method, that ain't for me because I have way too, met, too much interest on these credit cards. So I started with putting them in order of the highest credit card interest rate to the lowest um, credit card interest rate. And then my student loan ended up being last because it was just the 5%. It was too small for me to focus on that. And um, I kept doing that. I kept sending half of every single month's income to it and that was like about a thousand two hundred and like sixty something dollars in every single month that's what i sent a thousand two hundred sixty dollars and change every month every month and in 18 months i was able to pay all twenty thousand dollars off that's amazing and i think it's important to highlight that there is no right or wrong way to attack debt right or to just manage your finances it's about what works mm -hmm. for you what makes sense to you taking into account your personal situation. So, you know, there's always like this question, like, what's the right way? There is no right way. The right way is whatever you need to do to exactly. get out of debt. Exactly. And if you need to change your plans, like if you you set a goal and you need to change because something happens, that's okay mm -hmm. too, right? So speaking along those lines, did you face any setbacks along your journey? Like what, did you reach your original goal? Did you have to modify it? What was your... Yeah. So actually one thing that, um, a lot of, and probably a lot of people that share my background, um, feel this one thing that was really stressing me out was that I had to um, always help out my parents and my family as much as I could. So when, even though I was you know teaching, you don't make a lot of money as a teacher in this country, but you're seen as like a professional in the community. And so my parents, they were actually very proud of me that I became a teacher. They were like, wow, you know, like she is a convertion profesional. Like that was their big thing that I became a professional, professional mm -hmm. working woman. And, um, that I did not depend on a husband 
husband or a man for a paycheck, right? Or for money. And that they were proud of that. But at the same time, I don't think they like really understood how much I was struggling financially because for them, my income was actually very high <laughs> because they were, you know, um, on, barely at a livable wage for our entire lives. So I think like, I, it was really hard for me to like sit down and talk to my parents and explain to them like, mommy, puppy, if you need like uh, $300 for my little brother's tuition for his Catholic school program, like it's not like I can just overnight like come and just give you $300. Like I can help a little bit, but like I'm in this particular situation right now where a lot of the extra money that I do have, I need it to put it towards this debt. Otherwise I'm going to be in this debt forever. And I like, I needed to sit down with them and explain to them where, why I was prioritizing my, my extra money to go to certain places in that way. So they could really understand and see what I was doing with my money. And like, thank goodness, you know, they completely understood. I was hiding a lot of the credit card there for my family so they were at first they were like what like what do you mean you have why do you have all this all this debt and why didn't you ask us for help when you were in college and I was like right mom because you guys had money to help me right <laughs> like you know it's right. like I didn't want to you know trouble you guys you guys are already so so stressed with money and finances it's like it, it was enough I didn't want to put more burden on you so I figured it out on my own but now because I realized I made a mistake I have to fix that and so you have to give me some time in another year and a half I'm going to be able to help out way more. But in the meantime, I had to like reduce what I was giving them um, to help them out with bills and stuff. I was, you know, only able to give them maybe 40 bucks, 50 bucks, whenever I, I would see them, but I couldn't give them, you know, hundred, 200, $300 every now and then, which is something that I was doing uh, when I first started working because I felt like I had to, and I felt like I, like I wanted to, but um, you know, sometimes you got to be real with yourself about helping other people. You got to be like, all right, Am I in the position to help them or do I need to like really help myself right now first? Because if you're, if you're drowning, eventually you're going to, you're going to drown completely and you, and then you're going to be gone. And that means that you can't help them at all. So if you're drowning, you need to get yourself out of that situation first so that you can be there to help other people rather than to be drowning right along with them. So for me, that was a big priority. I had to like take myself out of the situation uh, give a lot less to my family for a little while until I got out of debt. And then once I figured out my money situation, I was able to be a lot more, even now, like I'm so much more hands-on involved with my family and the finances. Like, you know, my mom, her, she has, um, she had to put in dentures recently because my mom is like getting a little older. Mommy, I had to, she's getting a little older, you know, mom is not as young as she used to be. And um, she had a lot mm -hmm. of dental issues. And back in her country, back in Dominican, there was not, um, she couldn't afford very good dentist work. So like we got to a point now where we realized, okay, mommy, we're gonna need to get you some dentures. Like, it's just time, babe, like we gotta do this. <laughs> and so we took her to the dentist yeah. and it, it was a hefty fee, you know, because a lot of the, um, Medicaid that she has does not cover that dental care. So my siblings and I had to right. put the money together and I was more than happy to be able to put a couple hundred dollars. I'm like, this is the, I put myself in the situation where something like this was, I would gladly do it. And that felt so good. But I remember a day where I wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, it ties back to a message that as you, uh, know, probably Susie Orman says something called Sometimes hurting is helping and sometimes That's helping right. is hurting, right? So it's like if you're hurting yourself to help somebody, you ain't helping That's nobody. That's right. You're hurting everybody. And the other way around. Mm -hmm. some, exactly. You're hurting everybody. And sometimes like the most loving thing that you can do for yourself and for the people around you is to say, hey, guys, right now I need to focus on what I'm doing because I have long-term plans that are going to help all of us. But if I'm trying to stretch myself so thin, 
that I'm just like you said, drowning, I'm not going to end up helping anybody. So that's, you know, and obviously it's so hard in the family. Like you, you want to be there. And especially like Latino households, we are like so family oriented Mm -hmm. and it's like, we feel this obligation to pull everybody up with us, but at what expense, right? Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And in my family, um, I have eight brothers and sisters, <laughs> plus my mom and dad. So wow. we're talking about a big, a big community. <laughs> like, a, yeah, girl, that's a whole. Yeah. You need a whole boat. Literally, like it's not like you can grab them one by one. You need. Yes, the whole it's so many of us. <laughs> and, so, and you know, another thing I think is important at that time that I that I didn't realize early on, and I ended up doing it a little bit later, was you can't just say to people, or I, I believe that you shouldn't um, just say to people like, "All right, guys, I need to." get I need to get myself out of the situation so I'm gonna disappear go fix my situation right. on my own by myself and whatever right. y'all got going on exactly it, and then problem. I'll be back when I got money <laughs> like it's like that's so messed right. up and so for me what I actually did was instead of just dipping out and, and disappearing was I showed them I showed my mom I showed my brother my sister I said look this is my budget like and I literally pulled up the computer and was like Este dinero es para la renta. Este dinero is this and that. And I was literally going through showing when I get my check, this is what it looks like. But then this is where everything goes. And then this is the credit cards. And this is how much I have to put. And they were like, oh, my God, like jaw to the ground. Like, this is nuts. Like, I can't believe you have to send so much money. Like, they're like, you don't have to do that. You could send a smaller amount, make it more manageable. And then I showed them okay, but look at this compound interest calculator. If I do that, I'm going to be end up giving them twice as much money in interest fees instead of being able to have that money for us. You know, like I had to uh, explain the math to them and like show them the numbers so they could see why is it that I was choosing to be so aggressive. But once I did that, like I felt like I was helping them a little to do that because then they were thinking like, how should I be handling my money? Should I do the same thing that Janelle is doing? Should I have a, a spreadsheet like that? Do I need mm-hmm. to get one of those spreadsheets? Like, can you make a copy of that spreadsheet for me? Because they realize like, this is how people are supposed to handle money. They're supposed to have a plan for it. And I think that's valuable for your family to see that. So if you're in that position, don't be afraid to show them and engage with them, involve them in your plan. Because if you just go do it on your own, they're not going to see what you're doing and they're not going to understand it and they won't be able to benefit from it. Absolutely. I love that. So what advice would you give somebody who's ready to take control of their finances, but has no idea? <laughs> yes. Okay. So the way that I, what I did, and this is what I definitely recommend because I think being hands-on and like touching and having like a, a, a very um, tactile experience with, with money and papers, I think can help because a lot of times now everything is digital. Everything's on the computer. Put a spreadsheet, type the numbers. And to me, that's important. That is a, an important step. But if you skip the, the like hands-on step, you can sometimes not be feel so connected and so attached to the goal. So for me, I would recommend instead printing everything, print out your bills, print or call up your credit card companies and your student loan, whatever you have, and tell them to mail your statements, like start making it physical so that when you get those statements, you put them all on your table and you grab highlighters and literally go through and start highlighting. What I did on my credit card statements was, and I remember I color coded it, like let's say all yellow was all of the entertainment and clothes and food. Everything um, green was every time that, you know, um, I had to take use transportation. Everything blue was like bills that I had to pay. And by the end, I started looking at how much was yellow. Like it was just me buying clothes and and food. (laughs) And I was like, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. not only do I 
Yeah, that stuff adds up. I have a low income, <laughs> but I have a high spending problem when it comes to shopping and buying crap that's not necessary. Like, you know, I would go into CVS or whatever, Wiley, Dwayne Reed, and I would buy candles and lotion. And I would buy, like, just because it's nice to have candles in my apartment, it's because it's nice to, you know, have some extra lotion that smells good. Wait, these are literally things I was just buying because I thought I could, because I, I feel like I could buy these things and I want them and I work hard and I deserve these little nice things to treat myself. But if I keep doing that every single month, every single week, you know, that adds up. And so for me, I realized, okay, it was a combination of a low income problem and I knew I do need to bring in a little more money. So I started like tutoring and doing other, you know, things with my spare time to bring in a little extra money. But then also I realized that I needed to cut down on my spending. Like I was a shopping, like a shopaholic and I needed to stop the shopping, stop going randomly into the stores to buy little trinkets, little things, little snacks, like all of it. I had to cut it. Um, and I think if you sit down with your bills, with everything that you have and look, analyze your spending, look at it as if it was data and just like, look at the data. Like, what is it telling you? What information are you getting? What do you know about yourself based on the spending? And then how can you start to make the biggest changes that are the easiest to like help you start to fix the situation? That's something that is manageable that you can do as, a, as an exercise on like a Sunday with a glass of wine. And that will help you to kind of just wrap your brain around the situation rather than to just stress out about putting all the numbers into a spreadsheet and see the numbers getting bigger and bigger. That's just going to freak you out. Maybe get to that step later, but just start with the hands-on part. Absolutely. And I think it's so important to highlight the idea that it doesn't matter as much how much you make if you're not also conscious of what you're spending. Because we know people that are millionaires and they broke as hell because they're buying the Maseratis, they're buying the McMansions, and they're one emergency away from like financial devastation. So it's like you cannot have one side of the coin without also it's so true and there's so many of them that go bankrupt like you you know see so many celebrities you know that have to file for bankruptcy from when we were growing up like mike tyson you see he has a lot of financial problems now we are when i was little there was um alan iverson was like a very famous basketball player man he went broke like and i think like we have to remember like mm-hmm. just because you're you have all this money that you have access to doesn't mean that you know how to manage that money so making more money alone is not always going to solve the problem like it is one step that can help you to alleviate the stress of, of, ha- of not having a lot of financial resources. But at the same time, if you keep on spending the way you are and you don't manage it, it's, it's, you could be making six figures. It doesn't matter because you're not going to have a hold of your situation. Absolutely. So I'm curious, do you have a um, I have a little thing that I say, said to myself over and over again every time I was tempting myself that, like mentally to go spend when I told myself I wouldn't. And that is, it's, it's not um, okay. the most positive, but I think you have to kind of know my fast and <laughs> my personality. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. 
To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So it's like, it's, it goes like, <laughs> stay broke then. And in my mind, I would oh. tell myself like, oh, but it's just one Friday happy hour, like one time this month. You know, it's not a big deal. After I had told myself I wasn't going to go, I would, I would be like, oh, but, you know, but they're all going to be there, but this, but that. And it's only, you know, $12. And then I would tell myself, okay, go, but stay broke then. Because if you keep making excuses <laughs> and you keep on telling yourself it's okay to let yourself off the hook when you committed to not doing it, you're going to stay broke because that is how you stay broke. It's by saying you're going to commit to not doing something and doing it anyway. You know, that's how you go off of your goals. That's how you go off track. So I kept on telling myself that every time if I would walk by a store and be like, oh, but they got a sale today at H&M. Ooh, everything is $10. Let me just go in and buy one or two things. It's only $20. All right, do it. Buy it. Stay broke then. Stay broken. <laughs> like, well, and if you follow Yanelli on YouTube, you know that's exactly how she talks to you. So don't take it personal because that's like that's how a lot of us talk. Like mm-hmm. that's how my mother me regaña. Like when I'm doing something, it's not positive yeah. affirmations that my mother's giving yeah. me. She's like, get your fucking life together. Like that's you know, so it's like whatever message works for you. Yeah, it's kind of like the I consequence, that, right? The it's like so. you have to, re- sometimes all the positive <laughs> right. things can work. You know, I sat down with myself. I forgave myself. I made a plan. I was very positive about being able to accomplish it. But then when I was ready to, you know, go off, I needed a little more reinforcement that was a little more uh, on the threatening side. Like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you, you, sigue, 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 sigue. You know, it was like, I needed a little bit of that nudging. <laughs> so that's what I used. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> All right. So where can we follow you and find out more about you and just follow you? Yeah. So for me, it's very easy. Everything is exactly the the same spelling. Um, It's Miss Be Helpful. M-I-S-S-B-E Helpful. And that's on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitter, all the things. I have a Patreon page, too, where I tell folks to support because everything that I do right now is free. I don't charge for my YouTube videos. I don't charge for any content. I just I'm at the point right now where I just want to educate. And I do have a full time job doing financial education as well, which is very rewarding and very like uh, amazing for me but I do think like content creators who want to do this as a side hustle like a lot of them do the sponsorships and a lot of them do the like um you know the affiliate links like I'm not I'm not going that route and I and I want to be able to kind of like let people know like hey this is all going to be free because I think everybody should be able to access it I don't want to you know put up a paywall and I don't want to have to partner with a sketchy bank to be able to you know, do this. Uh, so right now everything is free, but if you do want to support any of my work, you guys can do like a dollar a month or something like that on Patreon. And that's patreon.com forward slash miss be helpful. Oh my gosh. Yanelli, thank you so much. This conversation was just <laughs> as, fucking awesome. as I thought it was going to be. So thank you. And just like, honestly, you are a blessing to not only the Latino community, but just anybody who just really wants somebody who's going to tell them what it is when it comes to personal finance. You know, there's so many people out there that like are intimidated by concepts in personal finance because they see people like, you know, Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman. These are people that are millionaires. Right. So they're not living the struggle that we've grown up living. They don't have that firsthand experience as to like, what yeah real life looks right. like for a lot of us so i just appreciate you being a voice and sharing your knowledge that's because right. you don't have to right like none of us have to be doing this 
but it's because we're so passionate about not just elevating ourselves. Yeah, thank you so much. That's so very sweet. You. And I, and I love that and I take it to heart because I know that like when I was starting out and I was looking for other influencers and other like and educators and and people who know about money, like I didn't really find any of them to be funny or to be engaging or to be real. And I thought like I don't really identify or relate with any of these people. And so then I thought to myself like, well then why don't I stop complaining and like actually become one of them so that other girls coming after me will see me and be like, oh, like she's, yeah, I get her. She kind of looks and acts like me a little bit. Like, let me, you know, see what she's all about. And so, because representation matters. Representation is so important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you. Well, thank you so much again. And I can't wait for folks to hear this conversation. I'm sure you're <laughs> going to get a ton of amazing feedback because thanks, Janice. I appreciate awesome, it. So, thank you. Guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I love Janelli and everything that she's doing. And I'm pretty sure that if you start following her on YouTube, if you don't already, you're going to see why she has such a strong following because she is just telling you what you need to hear in order to live your best financial life. So as always, if you're loving these episodes, please go ahead and share them with your friends and family. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a review. And as always, stay inspired, stay informed, and stay poderosas. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.